0: So, chances are you've gotten to hear or see clips maybe about this swimmer from UPenn who is shattering records and has kind of made some waves in terms of the discussion on athletics and gender identity.
1: So, how do we navigate this? As Christians, how do we enter into the conversation surrounding gender identity?
0: Yeah. And honestly, if you're like us or other people who kind of feel like you're drowning in this pool of political and social opinions, stick around.
1: Yes, today we're going to talk about. Our response to this conversation and how you can stay afloat and possibly extend grace to others.
0: You're listening to the Nick Smith Podcast, connecting you
1: to living truth.
0: If you'd like to support our podcast, rate us on iTunes or
1: join our inner circle through patreon.com.
0: And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends and family can know what you're listening
1: to. Hey, we are your host, Nick Smith
0: and Kylie Joe Smith. And today we are giving a Christian response to what is it
1: to? It's all sorts of stuff. It's, it's to lot. culture, to society, to the stuff that's going on in the news. Um, we just felt like we had to respond. But before we get into that, we want to say what's up to the inner circle. If you don't know who the inner circle hey. are, it's because you're not one of them. So you should probably look at joining and being a part of the inner it's circle. It's an exclusive club. It's. I mean, it's pretty exclusive. You gotta it say it, it like really that. is, though. It is very exclusive. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, if you want to know more about that, go to patreon.com slash Um, Other than that, anything else?
0: I think we just got to get into this
1: because we happen. can
0: tiptoe around it. We can be really like ginger with our engagement, but I just don't think that's doing anybody any good.
1: No, I'm with you. So yeah. um, here's the, the problem with discussing transgenderism in, in a Christian perspective comes because there's a lot of fear surrounding this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, the fear is because there are very real consequences that have come from people disagreeing from uh, within this conversation, people have oh. lost things. Yeah. So like jobs and friends, family uh, court cases, money. Yeah. Um, There's been a lot of things <clears throat> that have um, uh, happened because of this conversation has gone South and mm-hmm. have soured people's opinion of other people. And so it, it can be really tricky mm-hmm. to engage in this conversation.
0: Yeah. And it, it's strange because like, you feel those consequences differently. It's it's different when it's like, you know, you and it's it's not just based on disagreement. Unfortunately, we've come to this weird crossroads where we're no longer disagreeing um with opinions. We're mm-hmm. not just like, "Oh, well, I don't feel the same way," or, "You know what? That doesn't that doesn't quite strike me in the same way. I don't I don't have the same perspective." Yeah. But we literally have this strange condition in our culture where if you bring up truth, objective truth, mm-hmm. and it challenges someone's feelings or challenges their limited perspective, mm-hmm. suddenly that is viewed as hate mm-hmm. or it is viewed as um, contrary to their rights. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just this weird hypersensitive place that we're in because yeah. you, you do stand to, like, you risk losing so much yeah. based on oftentimes standing with an objective viewpoint and normally it's like you have these extremes that are competing where like if you're either this or that, but it's like, no, actually, um, I'm standing for what is what is true
1: mm-hmm. and what has
0: been verified even scientifically or biologically. And in that vein, we have this like splitting of hairs a lot of times where it's yeah. like, oh, well, if you view this or you don't agree with this, then unfortunately, you're going to have a lawsuit on your hands. You're going to lose customers. You're going to lose like your good name is going to be like dragged through the mud. Dragged?
1: Yeah. Drugged it? Drug, drugged it. Drig. It's going to be drig through <laughs> the mud. I think it's drogue. Drogue, definitely. It's going to be drogue through the mud. Um, so, like, as a Christian, though, you have to engage in the world, right? We're in the world, but not of it. So we have to be able to engage in conversations. Wait, we,
0: hold on. You mean we can't just be in a little isolated community where everything's, like,
1: just Christians only? Christians only club? I mean, like you can, but I don't know if you're fulfilling the Great Commission in that way. Mm -hmm. I think there was more that Jesus called us to do. And so I like in order to engage in the world, um, like you have to engage certain topics, but you also can't utilize topics as battering rams or as Mm -hmm. platforms in Mm -hmm. order to um, bully people. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and I, or win people or when, yeah. So like we have to make a difference. Everything that we do as believers has to represent the kingdom of God. Like we are not ambassadors for our, our school of thought. We are ambassadors of Christ. And so we have to um, toe that line in a proper way so that anything that we do is reflecting the heart of God and is, re- is reflecting the ministry and the mission of Christ. And so there comes, um, there comes time, there comes times there, there are there, times there be coming times. I'm having issues with words. I'm I'm not wording well today. Uh, but there are times where we have to allow ourselves to make our opinions secondary to mm-hmm. things that are more important.
0: Yeah, which is hard. Very hard because this culture. I I won't just say this culture, but it. I think humanity. We value what people think of things. We t- mm-hmm. we tend to. Almost elevate human opinion, and uh, we put it on a pedestal because it's like we want people to think well of us, yeah, and we want people to have a high regard for us as individuals based on the things that we bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And so then we we've taken human opinion and, and evaluation as this like really really valuable thing, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just engaging with each other and accepting that we will have some nuance in our relationship. But it's yeah. like that. Um, it just is, it makes it harder to have the conversation, not just as, not as Christians only, yeah. but as people.
1: Yeah. There's so many imaginary lines drawn mm-hmm. between camps. Yeah. There are people that are raised in the same household that find themselves on different ends of the spectrum when it comes to these different over-politicized, over-hyped mm-hmm. issues. Yeah. And and one of the things that we understand from our study of scripture and our uh, our consistent walk in ministry is there are a lot of issues that we face in this world that come down to um, identity in general and not mm. identity we're not talking about specifically sexual identity or um the identity of, of your gender but we're talking about like in general who, you who are, are you at the yeah. base level yeah. who are you and um one of the main issues that we run into is there's a lack of understanding of what the imago dei is mm. and how to engage that as a believer yeah and so would you like to talk us well I, uh, talk to us
0: yeah i think it it talk kind us. of gets brushed under the the christian rug so to speak as like yeah, Imago Day, like everybody's created in the image of God, whatever. Because it's like we only really reference it when we're talking about the story of the, the garden of creation itself. And so yeah. it's like this forgotten ideal about creation happened long time ago. And like when God created people, like the first people, he created mm-hmm. us in the image of God. But we don't really give the weight, the full weight to the fact that we are all crafted intentionally with the maker's fingerprint yeah you know it, scripture talks about being knit together in the womb mm-hmm. and we uh, you know we, we definitely engage this topic somewhat when we talk about abortion and yeah. the value of life from womb to tomb but um, beyond that we don't really think about um, the fact that we have inherent dignity because of the fact that god created each of us in his image that's right when he said it let us make mankind in our image humankind in our image. And there's so many implications if you look at the history and the original language as to what that means. Yeah. Let us make mankind in our image, the triune God, communal God, creating humanity to flourish. This was before the fall, mm-hmm. creating humanity to flourish, to be multiplied, to go out and make little images of himself, um, of the Trinity self um, throughout the world. And so there's so this good. inherent dignity And value that we have just existing as human beings outside of the labels that we will put on each other, the labels we put on ourselves, outside of those things that we use to define and describe each other, we have inherent dignity and value. And each person carries with that. And in America, we have it's in like writing, it's in black and white or it's in yellow and black now (laughs) um, that we are um, given certain rights um, to exist and to exist in community, to thrive in community, to really um, to like not hyper-spiritualize it, but to know others and to be known mm. as existing and having value in the community that we exist in together. Yeah, That all is wrapped up in the Imago Dei. And I think we like parse it down because you know politically we want to put it in like all these different documents and how can we make the inherent value of humanity translate over into what rights we have and when those rights get infringed upon, what punishment is there? And what like all of those things tend to get They oversimplify Mm -hmm. the concept of we have sacred worth and value. And that is why when someone kills someone, Mm -hmm. it causes such a rift in our communities. That is why like vengeance and um, seeking after blood, blood for blood. That's why this shouldn't be the way that we do justice. Yeah, Um, that's good. And I, I think that we have to look at that, not just in the physical act of like murdering someone, but also Killing someone's identity mm-hmm. when we look down on them, when we hate them, um, when we have anything less than brotherly and sisterly compassion for those fellow human beings mm-hmm. that are all on a journey, um, we hope toward Christ. That's what the hope is, yeah. um, but who are all on this journey of existing in the space together.
1: And I think part of that that dynamic that's difficult is I think everyone would agree with you about people that they like. Mm. Like I think everyone would agree with or look like them yeah, or look like them or believe the same thing. Like we, we start to delineate who represents um, those that are willing or sorry, those that should have dignity. Mm-hmm. Right. We're like, yeah, mm-hmm. all people should have right to exist and to have opinions. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but then you're like, okay, but who define those people? What, do, what mm. do those people look like? Yeah. What do those people believe? How do those people dress? And how and then, can they live out their opinions? Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, well, <laughs> Okay, like, okay, I mean, like, you can have your opinion, just don't say it. Or you can, mm. you can live out your belief, just not around me. Or you can, like, we start to then limit how we interact with people and how we um, grace them with with something that's already there, theirs, mm-hmm. which is dignity and respect of being a human being. And as um, believers, one of the things that we fall into is we start to buy into politicized uh, definitions of who people are.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so
1: we start to buy into all of these things that the media, that um, politics, that that social media, that our friend group, all of these external factors start to define people in certain ways, and we buy into that, yeah. and then we start to use those um, external or man-made delineations um, to try to fit the gospel into that. Mm, to be good. like, yeah, okay, so God said He made mankind in His image, right? Um, but this group of people doesn't believe it and this group of people doesn't. So we're going to say that God made this group of people in wow. his image, or we're going to say, we're going to cookie cut this, these people out that go against everything I think is right. And so really the love of God is for everyone but them. Mm. And so we start to try to form God's love into the shape of our political or geopolitical boundaries. And yeah. that's not what God's love is for. Mm. Like, or
0: even taking the idea that God created human beings in his image to say, well, that must mean that anyone who feels this mm. or believes this about themselves, that God, that means that God created that within mm. them. Yeah. And, and I, and I know that that's dicey. And I know that that might be me even saying that may caught, like may stir some kind of emotion in, in some folks, but you have to look at it from this perspective of like, how do we take objective truth mm-hmm. versus how do we reshape truth so that it is not offensive, so that it yeah. is not challenging? I won't even not even offensive, but it is not challenging because um, there are some things we have to hear sometimes that challenge where we're at, yeah. So that we will then grow. It happened when you're in school when you are presented with something very new. You've already learned a set of truths, mm-hmm. and you're presented with something new that then challenges what you've already learned. Oh wow! So now I have to. Like now I have to grow in some way in yeah. order to find um, the validity yeah. of this truth, in order to find how this truth applies to me, as opposed to trying to make this truth into what I want it to be. Yeah. And that's where we get this like cultural ism right now of my truth Yeah, um, well, or, or your lived experience um, somehow triumphing over what objective truth
1: is. When I think it's it's taking even taking the term objective truth out of it um, because somebody's gonna be like, well, you believe in. Uh, the Bible—that's not objective truth. That's not true. Like you know what I mean. Okay. People will have yeah, their opinions sure. about that. But even taking the idea that <clears throat> every culture values um, a human life, mm. um, how they define that is different. But taking this base level of like human beings deserve dignity—something that I think every person should be able to be on board with—what um, ends up happening is we then apply that truth to our understanding of the next step: of what makes up a human being. Mm. instead of just accepting that truth as is of like, Hey, everyone deserves dignity. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but if everyone deserves dignity, that means their opinions deserve dignity and every opinion is equal. And every, okay, uh-huh. you're taking it too far because mm-hmm. we're, we're not even talking about all that. We're talking yeah. about what is the basis of the Imago Day? Like who are we? And I think because of the the fractured nature of this world, because we're, we're part of a, a broken world because of sin, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Like Everything that God created perfect in Eden has been has been shattered. Yeah. Right. And so uh even our own identities, even our own our own will. I mean, think about yourself. Like there are times that you do things you don't want to do. And I don't mm. just mean going to work. Like, no, <laughs> don't nobody <laughs> want to go to work. Um but Things that you know you shouldn't do. Exactly. Like there's something you're like, I shouldn't be doing this and I don't even want to do it. Why am I doing this? Um, because there's a fractured understanding sometimes even within ourselves of who we are and how we behave. Yeah. And this, this fracture, this, this brokenness uh, leaves us all broken and, and, and struggling with things. Mm-hmm. Every human being that you deal with is struggling with something. Yeah. Um, it may not be surface level. You may not be able to see it in how they dress or mm-hmm. how they talk or how they walk. You may have to actually get to know that person. And then you start to see that, that all of this stuff that we deal with, um, the, these fractured parts of our identity, our, our gender, our uh, political affiliation, Like these things are all just the tip of that brokenness, Mm. and and the fact is that none of those things, none of the the broken pieces of our life, uh, disqualify us from carrying the Imago Dei, right? Like we're still qualified Mm -hmm. to be given respect and allowed to live in community. Yeah, like we don't we don't as believers we don't shun people in that way. Right. Right. Jesus went to the outcast, Mm -hmm. and so it's it's such a A broken mindset to start to buy into those lines, those those man made lines, and start to enforce those with scripture. Yeah, that that don't actually say that.
0: Well, and I think one example we can uh, most people will point to in history, uh, especially in um, American history, um, where people did that was with with slavery, where we took people who were created in the the image of God, and because of the way that um, people were um, categorized. Yeah. Um, Slaves were not even viewed as human. Yeah. And so then that justified not allowing them to thrive in community and not receiving respect and yep. being abused and being all of these things for hundreds of years. Yeah. And which is why today it is very easy for us, even those who would say, I don't believe racism is right. I believe it is wrong and we should fight against it. There are cultural things that have been embedded in the very fabric of this nation
1: mm-hmm. that
0: are tied back to that belief system that are tied back to, well, there's certain people that are deserving of um, being able to thrive in community. And there's certain people that, that just shouldn't be given that opportunity. Cause if they, if they're given that opportunity, they will waste it or squander it, or it will not allow these other people to have as much of it.
1: Which comes from that scarcity mindset.
0: Right. And so America's very like, we're pretty, um, most of us are ignorant of that. um, Just because we, we we are given the opportunity to only see so much of it from Mm -hmm. a young age. Um, But it really, I think, Going into this conversation on um, specifically with Leah Thomas, um, it's really interesting to me that we're kind of ignoring this part of the conversation. That I think we have to be clear that there is a great desire to to contribute to or make an impact in our communities. That's mm-hmm. that's part of being human. We were that's created right. to create and to mm, further this like so good. this just progression of beauty. Um, from the very beginning, that was a driving force. Uh, God saw that it was good. There's beauty in the things that we create, and we should be creators of of what is good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like that's a huge part of the conversation. I don't think is being um, highlighted. Mm-hmm. Now, the right to exist as a person living out their experience is distinct from the right to impact a community in the way you want without question.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, if I yeah. want to do something, I feel that because. Um, I want to live out my experience. I want to live out my truth. I have that right as a human being. Um, But if that right then goes and and is impacting a community in a way that is oppressive or abusive, we should be able to call that out. Mm -hmm. But there's this weird gray area, I think with this conversation, where a person who is wanting to live out their experience and contribute to a certain community is now doing so in a way that, puts others at a disadvantage that is yeah. that is extremely um i will say an unfair thing and i believe it's an unfair thing
1: yeah well and <clears throat> and looking at that and entering into this conversation as a believer i think part of our um our struggle and how do we engage in this properly is that we're trying to impact a community as a christian we're trying to impact global community mm. about issues that we actually don't have an impact Yep. So, yep. Uh, like, don't don't come after me. I'm not saying that Christianity coming after you. I'm not saying that Christianity <laughs> doesn't have a global impact. But what I'm saying is, as an individual, most mm. individual Christians yeah. don't have a global influence. Right. Um. Yet we find it our our hill to die on to a shout out um, about all of these global social structures mm-hmm. and and trying to to preach to the world about how that's supposed to be when really you have a social structure mm. that God has given you some influence and God yeah. has given you some impact and that's where the the communal aspect of of um affecting your community and participating in community is necessary and honestly in our understanding this is where that conversation has to be mm-hmm. like as a believer think about this thinking how many people have you um, converted into your school of thought through an online debate. That would be none. Like, that would be, and zero. somebody's going to say, well, you don't, you never know. Somebody could be reading those comments and they get influenced. True. They could. True. But the person that you were intending to influence, mm-hmm. the conversation you were intending to have to win someone over, to debate something like how many times I've never in the history of me being on the internet, I've never seen a conversation where after, you know, 13 posts, someone's like, you know what? You're right. I'm wrong. I was way I now wrong. now I'm in your camp. You know what? I apologize for everything I said. Actually, I'm going to go back and delete it. Never yeah. seen it.
0: Well, and on the flip side, like as a believer, cause I think there is that, like you were talking about fear at the very beginning. Yeah. There's also the fear sometimes that we're going to lose people. Like people are going to see this, this really enticing argument from the world of like, Oh look, this is so great. We should celebrate it. And people are going to like, and, and it does happen. Like people do get convinced easily of some things, but we're afraid of losing people. Yeah. But at the same time, I've never been convinced of something against my core beliefs or my identity based on someone's Facebook post. No, and I think trust the integrity that you have, mm-hmm. trust the Holy Spirit and other people, yeah. um, to be able to say, okay, I, I don't have to fight and claw in this comment section, right? To to hold the the believers in the fold. And also to bring others into it, because that's not really, that's not the way we're, we're meant to do it. We yeah. certainly can expose people and we can engage in dialogue. And mm-hmm. because social media has become kind of the, the, I guess, the focal point of a lot of our discussions based on <clears throat> the pandemic and all the things that have allowed us to uh, communicate more openly there. Mm-hmm. But that
1: shouldn't be the end all be all. Okay. So social media is the billboard. Social media is the thing that you put out there after you've already completed your thought or after you've already formed your opinion. Generally, sometimes Hopefully. you're still forming an opinion, right? You've watched all the YouTube conspiracy theories that you can find. You're like, yes, this is what I believe. And so you you post it on social media. Um, and then other people see that and they throw eggs at your billboard. And you're like, what? I'm not going to let them do that. I'm gonna throw eggs at their billboard. Mm. And so it's not really um, as social as yeah. it's supposed to be. Yeah, And so like... In this age, um, we're not seeing in our experience, we're not seeing a lot of true social interaction happening on social media.
0: Yeah. Your, news, your news feed conversion rate is pretty low.
1: It is. And you're not building the relationships that you think you're building mm-hmm. in those moments. And I'm not, again, it's not a blanket statement. I'm sure there are some really awesome things happening, some really cool mm-hmm. relationships being built. But in general, yeah. in general, our observation, because you're, social media doesn't feed you um, a a mix of people that you get to engage with at deeper Mm, levels. Yeah. Like you are surrounded by people thanks to your algorithm who pretty much agree with what you agree with. Yeah. Or Or, are outraged by it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's one or the other.
0: It's like, it's either you are attracting those who so um, blatantly differ from you and will react to Mm -hmm. what you're saying, or it's the people who are just going to kind of applaud and, you know, thumbs up or love it or, share it. There's a, Mm -hmm. there's like, you have a mixture of things at play that you don't actually get to control or you have no real influence over other than what you're clicking on and what you're typing, the words that you're typing. Um, and this is all like, there's a whole other segment to all of that stuff, but the social interactions that we should be having need to be face to face. Unfortunately, like that's, that is the cry I think of, um, of our hearts is like, yeah, that's great. You know, you, I read the article and that was awesome. And I do follow this person. I think they're really great and what they stand for, but I'm not going to be having coffee with them. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to have access to them. Not yet. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but I do have access to these people and the people we have access to these, you know, tiny little humans that we have access to that we're able to work with. Um, you know, we see them kind of not necessarily throwing off social media because there's a place for it in their lives Mm -hmm. and they value it for what it um, can do for them. But there's a resurgence of like, yeah, sit down and talk with me and I, and, and believe it or not. And this is something we've had to, I I think I've, I'm still learning the teens and the preteens in your life want to talk to you. They actually want to hear what you think and they want to know because they're, they're inside. They're wondering, well, what should I believe? Yeah. And who am I if I believe this? And what does that make me? And, and
1: yeah. I think part of that cry is, am I good enough? Mm, <clears throat> am I wrong? On. Am I wrong? Are you wrong? Am I going to make you mad? Can I trust you? And yeah. you don't see any of that on social media. Mm-hmm. What you see on social media is the, the gifts and the memes. And you know what I mean? Like you don't see someone's heart cry. Mm. And I think that this generation specifically, like we are needing, and I don't mean generation as in a certain age, um Mm -hmm. range I mean this age that we live in yeah um we are so desperately desiring um intimate human contact and not in that way you freak I ain't talking about that I'm talking about (laughs) contact in um knowing someone in a real way yeah and knowing who they are and knowing about them and being known and being able to be vulnerable and opening up to people yeah like that is the heart's cry right now yeah
0: that is like and it's hard because going back to the identity topic like How do you share with someone who you are if you don't know? And that, honestly, I think we hide a lot of times behind the screen, behind the keyboard, because Mm -hmm. I can put out this facade or this image that I want people to believe that I am so that I can, um, so that I can, I'm free then to contribute to this community in the way that I want to, but who I really am inside is suffering because I'm not able to live authentically. I'm not mm-hmm. able to engage with people in a way that brings satisfaction. Like I'm sure we've all, maybe you've felt it before. If you've, if you've had a job, you know, you have that nine to five that you're keeping because you need it, you know, maybe to keep up uh, the bills
1: insurance. Or, or insurance and different things. And hey, that gas is so expensive right, right
0: now, but you're miserable because, and this isn't the like, because you're not following your dream speech, but it's because <laughs> who you authentically are is not the person that does that. Yeah. You have no passion for it. You have no drive for it. Mm-hmm. It's purely a device for you, and so then your ability to contribute to your community in the way you want is hindered because you're mm-hmm. not able to live as yourself. And you may even receive criticism because you know. And in the way that we feel, um, I really believe it reveals what what we value. Mm, that's and okay. so like I think it's crazy to see like you see, um on like YouTube like searching up about this topic like people reacting to this particular swimmer, people criticizing people um, over, I think overwhelmingly there's not the most positive response from majority of people that that we see. That's like, okay, well, there seems to be a lot of criticism of this Mm -hmm. incident, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of trying to understand. And that was, I mean, honestly, my first reaction was like, what really? Like, and then when you start to look at the objective facts, the Mm -hmm. like, Oh, well here's the time. Here's the time difference between this swimmer <laughs> and all of the other swimmers and yeah. the amount of advantage that this person has and the amount of, um, just overwhelming disparity that there is. Mm-hmm. And looking at it from our lens as, as, minorities and myself being a double minority, um, <laughs> looking at it and going like, wow, in any other situation, I hope, I would hope that people would, would point out the disparity and would want to advocate for equality. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I just see this, like, I'm getting off track, but like, I just see this overwhelming <laughs> lack of trying to understand what is motivating this person to want to contribute to this community in this way.
1: Well, I, I think going back to that, um, the communal aspect, mm-hmm. there's a lot of criticism from people who are not part of any of the, those communities. I'm not a swimmer. <clears throat> and, and, I can't and swim the same. I don't, I don't know this person. And so the people that I do know, though, the people that um, I do have relationship with, they're looking to me to see how I respond to this. Yeah. And the people that know you are looking at you to see how you respond to mm-hmm. this. Are you going to jump on some bandwagon? Are you going to post some thing that, that attacks a person who you don't know mm-hmm. that attacks um some situation that you're not even familiar with? Are you going to rally behind a situation mm-hmm. that you don't fully understand? Yeah, um, And people are going to watch you and see how you respond, especially if you're a believer. Mm-hmm. And so as believers, and again, I'm not, we shouldn't be fearful. We should enter into every conversation Understanding that we're leaning on the Holy Spirit to lead us, Mm -hmm. Um, yet we should be careful not to speak out of our own humanly like human responses, out of our own fleshly desires to be right, out of our own outrage, Mm -hmm. out of our own sense of well, we have to rally for justice for this person, or we have to support this cause. Like first, we should be quiet, like slow to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, As a believer, we should look at what Christ did and how He interacted with with topics that were that were controversial in His day because Jesus believe it or not Jesus could have written a book he could have opened a school Uh, these were things that were popular I mean they weren't really books they were like circular letters they would send out and people would read them and copy them and send them out basically right it'd be the bulletin and they would pass it (laughs) and you would find out who's bringing uh the roast to the potluck and all that (laughs) stuff but like Jesus could have done that and he could have gained a following that way he could have opened up um some sort of school and 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 done that. He could have also entered into military. He could have become a celebrity because there were celebrities back Mm -hmm. then. Um, But he didn't. How did Jesus change the world? It was like this, was sitting next to people and teaching them. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for that. Jesus had a podcast. (laughs) That's what happened. Um, But no, Jesus interacted through relationship. And that's how we must, as Christians, enter into this situation. Mm -hmm. We can't invest in um, outrage. Yeah. We can't do it.
0: It, it. It's costly. And it's also it's ineffective, but it's costly. And it it makes it really hard when you um, I, I will say when you like from experience, when you put that dividing line out there. Yeah. And the people see it and it's it makes an impact. It's really hard to undo that line. It's really so. hard to erase that. I think of the time when Jesus like the things that he would draw lines in the sand for. The thing that he did draw a line in the sand <laughs> about um, Literally. was was an instance of mercy.
1: That's right.
0: Um mm, where you something. know like yeah by all signs point to you're guilty. But he chose to extend something that completely humiliated the people who were like yeah, get him. And that's not to say that we should be seeking to humiliate people at all, but coming into the conversation, entering into that place where there is a dividing line of like, Mm -hmm. this is making people angry Mm -hmm. Um, and being able to say, okay, well, what question can I ask? How can I better understand who is it that said like all of these things? I think about the different times Jesus asked questions. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes to challenge people, but sometimes because he knew the answer. Like he didn't, he didn't have to ask, like, I'm just curious to know.
1: What's the greatest commandment? Well, I don't know. Does anybody remember? Someone... Cause I'm having a
0: hard time here, you know, a <laughs> little sleepy from all my ministry stuff. No, but he, <laughs> he asked the question sometimes for the people around, sometimes for the person he was talking to. Yeah. And sometimes just for, for the reader, for the one who, you know, 2000 years later was going to look at this story and say, wow, like how does this, what does it say about me? Mm-hmm. And I think instead of trying to find that hill to die on, which yeah. Christians in America, we are really good at trying to, f- first of all, we'll take a mole hill and we'll make a mountain out of it. Mm-hmm. And then we'll
1: be like, I'm th- that. Don't you dare. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> there was already a hill that someone died on for our sins. Is that where that phrase comes from? I don't think so. Oh, it's, I think it's about, um, combat and war. Oh, okay. We're trying to hold your ground. But, yeah, there was a hill that somebody <clears> got <throat> on That's willingly right. go got them.
0: chose to, um, but I love what she said. Like Jesus didn't change the world that way. And Jesus, like looking at the amount of distance Jesus traveled to make his impact.
1: Yeah, something like tw- what, 20 miles yeah, or something like that? Small I can't town. Can't remember right now. Small so town. Somebody's boy. gonna correct me. I don't and know. And so
0: like means. you from your small town and your small community or your whatever wherever you're existing with other people, mm-hmm. um, have the ability to make an impact. And as cheesy as it sounds, it starts with one person and entering into conversation and Hearing them and saying, okay, you know, even admitting, I don't know the answer. Yeah. I don't know. Because the reality is none of us are going to change the NCAA's standpoint. Mm -hmm. None of us on our own are going to um, change. But you don't know.
1: The president of the NCAA could be listening. And if you are. Hey. What's up?
0: Great. Um,
1: Be be in the inner circle.
0: Just saying. (laughs) You'll get a lot more content that way. Um, But like we have the ability to say, what do you think about this? And how do you like. Gent, gently, I think there's a time for us to, you know, get the, what is it? The the horn, the, what's that thing called? The shafar. There's a time to blow the shafar. Mm
1: -hmm. There's
0: a time to get the, like, get your armor on. Yes. Every day we should be ready Mm -hmm. to fight against the things that matter. And then there's the time to be still and be quiet and listen and engage and like ask the questions and let there be that space of allowing people to consider their own identity yeah. and to consider and, and to know your own identity. I think that's the, like a big thing with this is like, wow, I am so thankful that I know who I am and I know whose I am. Yeah. And it gives me compassion for those that may struggle with gender dysphoria mm-hmm. to say, you know, I know what it feels like to, to question whether I have value mm-hmm. in one way or another, in one setting or another. And so I can, in a small way, try to understand where you're coming from as opposed to oh my gosh i can't believe you would even dare no like we all have that that understanding of being scared that who i think i am isn't really who i'm supposed to be
1: yeah and um wait first if you know anybody that needs to hear this share this with them if you know anybody that uh, you want to have this conversation with and and you find something you disagree with what we're saying still share it and and engage because again that's where these conversations happen that's where Heart change happens is in the face-to-face. Um, but going back to something you said, like dealing with the, your sphere mm-hmm. and the people that are watching you, because the question comes up, what am I supposed to do about my coworkers, my family, mm-hmm. uh, my friends, brother, sister, um, my, my church members, like affiliates in Christ, because mm-hmm. some people don't even <laughs> want to call them brothers and sisters, my associates in Christ, uh, people that differ from me. Mm-hmm. Like, how do, I, how do I make an impact? How do I change their minds? How do I bring them alongside my school of thought? Mm. Um, or as, as Christians don't normally say it like that. This is how, this <laughs> how we say it. This is how we church it up. How can I expose the lie that they're believing? Oh. How can I, how can I uh, help Shed them light. discern uh, the truth? Because they, they're not believing the truth about the situation. Um, whether they are or not, uh, I know that's a question. Um, so I think part of that is first know who you actually have the ability to have these conversations with. Mm, this is good. not these these conversations that are controversial and heated are not the ones that you want to stand on the corner and just yell at anyone that you think you can influence like these are mm-hmm. questions that you need to know somebody like we need to have the ability to sit down and have a deep conversation mm-hmm. before you want to tell them how they should believe do you know anything about their life do you know what mm-hmm. they're going through yeah do you know about their kids their parents <laughs> their are like wh- what do you actually know about this person
0: because you don't know you could be you could be speaking to someone who has battled with this or exactly. who has a child or um, a sibling who is in the midst of their own identity struggle. And you bringing your staunch opinion mm-hmm. could be more damaging than you think.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, and then mm-hmm. also, we have to understand, I like that you said, um, you you'd spoke about like mercy, Jesus extending mm-hmm. mercy uh, to the, the woman caught in adultery. So if you didn't know, that was the reference earlier. Um, Scripture says it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Mm-hmm. And so often I have uh, experienced not my children changing their hearts because I've yelled at them enough or <laughs> I gave them enough consequences or they had to, you know, do whatever. It's been those times that I've been like sitting down, listening to their rationale. I'm um, explaining my rationale, loving them through it mm-hmm. that we'll see like later, especially our son who can be so brokenhearted over his own like stuff. He'll come back and just be like, I'm so sorry. And he'll start crying. But then other times he'll do something way wrong. And we're like, why would you do that? Because, because we're not <laughs> extending the the kindness. We're not. And again, I'm not saying there shouldn't be boundaries in parenting. Yalla, blah, blah, all that stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't judge our parenting <clears throat> right now. But it is in those moments that you have to understand it's God's kindness that leads people into repentance. Mm-hmm. And nobody cares. Nobody cares that you disagree with them. If they don't know that you care about them, mm-hmm. there's a better way to say that. But that's just what I said. Nobody cares how much you know till they know how much you care. Yeah, I was trying not to be trite, but that Sorry, actually said, no, but true. that sounds so much it, better than it, what I said. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's good. I love well, it. Well,
0: and ultimately, as believers, as human beings, we are not in the business of heart changing. Mm. Our hearts get changed. Come on, but we aren't the ones that are the driving force behind it. And also along the lines of like, how do I help them to discern? You are not the helper. Pray, that'd be one way. Hey but but you are not going to be the one and if uh-huh. you are seeking to be the one for them i would question your motive going into that conversation yeah. because god it is god's kindness mm. god's kindness working through us that fruit of the holy spirit at work as we um, choose to obey and listen to His voice mm-hmm. through the written word and you through mean, the actual active participation
1: in the Spirit. I'm not supposed to just be listening to what the hive mind of Christian I mean, moms on my timeline you know, are saying. Don't just
0: read Babylon B, although it is funny. Don't just be reading <laughs> things and you know and taking these um, these coalition type thoughts
1: mm-hmm.
0: and trying to bring them into real relational impact. Like you, those things can be good for personal growth. Yeah. And even personal entertainment at times. But when you're talking about human beings, like, again, created in the image of God, you are looking at someone across the table whose creator, your creator as well, specifically crafted them to have the features they have and Come to on. have like the nuance and the way their voice so is. And like all of those things about a human being are so beautiful. They're sacred because of who created them. And so when you look at that person and when you're engaging with them, your kindness, your tone of voice, the way that you say, you know, you know, I love the way that you're pointing that out. And I, you know, I, I don't agree with this, but I just appreciate the fact that you're even letting me have um, a say and even giving me a, a chance to speak. It's not being a doormat. That's right. Jesus was never a doormat. He willingly laid down his life. And so then why would we, why would we, do anything less. Like why yeah. would, actually, we're called to <laughs> do right. the exact same thing. Pick up our cross those who would Jesus. choose to find their lives must lose them. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's it's, good. it's just really important to know the power that we have. Um, and another thing, just like wrapping it up, mm-hmm. um, we need to be those people who mourn with those who mourn, who grieve with those who are mourning the loss of their power. Yeah, I think there's a whole community of, of women right now Um, athlete, I actually said to Nick, I was like, I could, I am so thankful. I'm not an athlete. Mm -hmm. I have no athletic prowess (laughs) um, in me. And I'm so thankful for that because I cannot imagine the amount of pain and grief that is being experienced by this community of women who are now questioning their ability to make an impact in their community, who are questioning um, the things they've trained for. They have sweat over, they have cried over and they have labored for. And now, there's this huge question mark looming over them recognize that um, as we modify one standard or change course uh, really even one degree in the waters of like being socially neutral Mm -hmm. um, we also make it harder for others to navigate those waters and determine the depth of their impact and um, you know how much do biological women now have to alter their own abilities to perform well how much does this change the standard of athletic excellence for those people like we. On one hand, we're understanding and we're trying to be compassionate and hear people out, but we also need to remember the voices that are being silenced from that cacophony of like social outrage, and say, "Oh, there's people grieving and mourning yeah. over here, weeping um, for what this means for them."
1: Yeah, I think um, just along those same lines, uh, know know that your voice does have impact with those around you. Know that uh, the way that you engage with those who are grieving, with those who are mourning, with those who are rejoicing. Um, A lot of times we're afraid of agreeing with people because we don't agree with where they stand. Mm. Um, But I think you can still love somebody where they are. We can still say, enter into the conversation with grace and with compassion. um, And you can still point out um, areas of social injustice through relationship, through um, that mutual respect, through mutual engagement, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and ultimately through the spirit that, that leads us all deeper into truth, which is the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah. Amen. Well, I think we could have this conversation for hours. We can. Some we of you are. Them. You're having clubhouses like going crazy right now. Um, but if, again, if you want to be a part of our inner circle, you want yeah. um, additional content, Come you on. want access to us um, in a different way than just um, watching on YouTube or listening on your uh, podcast app, um, you should join the inner circle. You should go to do patreon.com, do it now, slash Nick Smith podcast <laughs> and see what that's about. Um, and make sure you comment below, like, subscribe, and um, you'll get more. Um, of this kind of <laughs> stuff stuff in your inbox. It's I, coming. It sounds so hokey saying it like no, that, but, but please do. Please engage with our content. And um, yeah, this has been the Next Myth Podcast. We hope that this episode has
1: connected you to living truth. Be, Be blessed. blessed.